0: Life is about adaptability and flexibility, also building on the momentum Um, in order for you to continue to shine. You're going to have to make sure not only that your your platform is set, but you have to continue to build on that and to keep your staff and key personnel engaged while you're doing that.
1: Listening to Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Barita. I'm a 15-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law, employers and HR professionals would often ask me, where can they find out a little more information on this or a little more information on that? Look, I get it, there's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people have only 30 or 15, or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to employers. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and doesn't create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Sometimes, and actually more often than not, there's a point when businesses are faced with a culture issue in the company that can have both legal, political, and PR-related issues intertwined. Today, my guest is the Honorable Jackie Bally. She's the president of Bally Projects, has been a leader in the Houston region's business and policy communities for decades, she began her career as a city and regional planner for numerous entities, then served as Governor Rick Perry's appointee on water and wastewater issues and mayor pro tem for the city of Sugarland. Ms. Bally founded Bally Projects with the objective of providing government affairs and media relations services to clients. Recently, Ms. Bally serves as an advisor to Governor Greg Abbott on higher education issues. She's also a policy analyst for several radio and television stations, including Fox 26 KRIV, KSCV AM 700, and News Radio 740 AM KTRH. Jackie has won numerous awards, including the Greater Houston Women's Chamber of Commerce Role Model Honoree, St. Jude's Children's Hospital Philanthropist of the Year, KTRK Channel 13, Woman of Distinction, and National Association of Women Business Owners, Woman of Excellence, just to name a few. Now, she's a native of St. Croix, the US Virgin Islands, and holds a bachelor's degree in political science and a master's degree in city planning. She's taught public policy at the University of Houston for over a decade and served as a faculty in residence at the University of Texas in Austin. She's also served on several boards and involved with many, many organizations. She's the proud mother of Raphael, a senior at Trinity University, who's a business major and MLB prospect. And her youngest son, Alex, is a junior at Harvard University with a neuroscience major who plans to pursue a career in medicine and global health. Since my topic is Nary or culture, I really wanted to call Jackie to discuss these tricky topics surrounding culture and messaging for businesses. We actually touched on quite a few hot topics. So I hope you enjoy the Legal Skinny episode, Narrate Your Culture. Welcome, Jackie, to the Legal Skinny podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you. We've known each other for a while. Yes. So go ahead and uh, tell my listeners a little bit about your your business, what you do.
0: Sure. I've had a consulting practice for over two decades now, and I help companies uh, navigate through the political and PR process. I also help them with messaging. um, And my clients have ranged from private companies to governmental entities um, to nonprofits. And we've just helped them uh, define th- through different um, processes, especially if it's dealing with politics or public policy.
1: That's, that's great, because that's exactly why, of course, I wanted you here. I'm a big fan of, of your messaging ideal. And I wanted to talk a little bit about messaging for uh, business owners, employers, their vision in general. What, what are the pitfalls that you kind of see?
0: Well, sometimes we're very rigid. Uh, you have to be very adaptable, very flexible Um, during this pandemic. That's a perfect example. Um, Us doing this podcast, that is you as a lawyer, you're still getting your word out. Um, Many people have had to turn to um, platforms like this to try to make sure that their investors and stakeholders are staying informed. And some people are just too rigid and they don't understand that. And life is about adaptability and flexibility also building on the momentum. Um, in order for you to continue to shine, you're going to have to make sure not only that your your platform is set, but you have to continue to build on that and to keep your staff and key personnel engaged while you're doing that.
1: I think that's interesting. So you and I are both moms. Um, I have a five-year-old twin girls. Your boys are uh, much older than that, but not... Uh, the, kind of what I would say definitely the next up and coming generation and thank you do you think that the the rigid that you're talking about i mean if you're going to appeal to these new generations i mean if you're not a little flexible how are you going to get there
0: right you know um my my two sons are gentlemen at this point twenty two and twenty. And uh, being a single mom for a long time, I have had to adapt, um, including making sure that I'm at PTA meetings for them while still covering board meetings for my clients. Uh, And it's important that you continue to juggle all things and make sure that they know that they see a a person, a, a strong woman actually, to do something like that. I also didn't mention in my intro, but... I teach at U of H and I've done that for quite some time. And a lot of people don't understand this, but I feed and thrive off of the energy of my students. Um, they come to hear me, of course, but I also get a lot from them because um, it, it's I, I will stay in my own world with people my age and dealing with with business and other policy items but the younger generation they continue to have things that happen to them that a lot of us who are older would never even dream about or even imagine or even their perception it's on it's really your your environment and how you were raised determines how you perceive things and so of course if you're younger your perception is also different
1: yeah, the consumption of just of, of of information is interesting. I, I I also feed off the energy of of learning all the new the new stuff. I'm trying to stay up with the lingo, but um, <laughs> it's hard. Uh, so okay, moving into like messaging, as we're kind of talking about this, uh, you know, COVID nineteen issues have been all over the workplace. Employers are frustrated. They're you know struggling. You know. They've had outbreaks uh, here, um, of course, in Houston, across Texas, across the United States. But um, in particular, you know, I talk a lot to Texas employers and business owners like you do. And so say there's an outbreak among employees or guests, obviously the employers are limited to explaining Okay, Johnny got COVID-19 and now, you know, we just want to let everyone know that they're limited to the confidentiality, you know, the EEOC limits um, their ability to disclose the names of those individuals. So how, the, how does an employer business handle messaging, uh, especially if the exposure was to the public potentially?
0: Sure. Um, one of the things that you we do um, as business owners, we look at what the CDC and other medical professions are suggesting. So even if your company has not had a major exposure, um, ad- adhering to social distancing, um, wearing a mask, all of these things that our uh, governmental leaders and CDC and medical leaders have encouraged is something that a lot of businesses are encouraging. Um, and as far as exposure, if someone, suppose a CEO or president has learned of that, then they would have to, of course, ask their personnel to self-quarantine, just as you would if you were traveling somewhere and you felt you had the exposure there. But it's important to just make sure that you're adhering to the laws and the and the uh, policies that a lot of our leaders are trying to make us uh, adhere to, to make sure we get over this hump and over this pandemic. Yeah, and making that, sure that and making sure that your team understands that that's why you're doing it. It's it's one thing to really um, continue your course, but you want to make sure that they know that their safety and health comes first.
1: Oh, I like that. That's yeah, an internal message to the team, and 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 the training can kind of all follow along with that.
0: Right, right. I mean, you're seeing so many people now. A lot of my clients they're asking before you even come in. They take your temperature. They make sure you don't have a fever. You have to wear a mask. You're sitting at the boardroom, but you're socially distanced. So there are many, many businesses that are making sure they're taking the necessary precautions.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree with that. So. Now everyone's always talking about COVID-19, but I kind of wanted to bring up something a little bit different as that I've seen in the news. Of course, my audience is primarily HR professionals and employers. And that's who uh, I deal with on a regular basis. And you know, who this podcast really is supposed to be speaking to. And, uh, one of the things that's been in the news that, uh, over the last couple of weeks was McDonald's acknowledging that their former CEO had more relationships with, um, at work employees than they had previously thought. So they had let him go. And I know, Jackie, you've heard about this, but they had let him go uh, because uh, he had had one relationship and that violated company policy um, uh, for him to be having a relationship with someone um, that he, of course, as the CEO, that uh, he would be supervising in some sort of manner and be higher up than him. And uh, they agreed to give him this sort of severance package. Now we're seeing this lawsuit come across where McDonald's is now saying, wait a minute, You weren't honest with us. There were a bunch of other relationships out there. I'm kind of wondering why would an employer even go out there and put that message out there?
0: Well, um, look, these days um, with telephones and so many other devices, it's it's pretty hard to keep things quiet, um, as we've been seeing in the news and in media and many in in the supervision or supervisory roles probably knew that there was a lot to the story and there was a lot of evidence a lot of pictures maybe text messages um maybe written communication uh some type of evidence of something that was done in that was inappropriate that happened and so to get ahead of that message and to say look we're taking ownership of this we acknowledge that a mistake has been happened and has happened and now we're correcting that mistake. That is what you're seeing them attempting to do by taking ownership, by, narr- by um, trying to be ahead of the message by saying, this may have happened. Um, this is, w- And this is how we have corrected the decision because as we know as humans, we make a lot of mistakes. But I think most importantly, what people look at is how, what lessons have you learned from that mistake and what corrections or policies or changes have you made to make sure that this does not happen again?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting point because the ownership of it, you know, does allow them to look like, hey, we discovered this. We're now saying, hey... You know, if we had known this, we would never would have agreed to give you this, you know, severance package and let you go the way we did. Obviously, this is sensitive during us uh, still, you know, I think in the midst of the Me Too movement and um, all many companies got um messaging wrong and dealing with some of those issues and many of them got it right i think or or better than others and um so it's interesting that mcdonald's took this approach but i also uh,
0: think that there's going to be a lot more with this particular situation (laughs) that has not been revealed because even though they knew that this employer did something egregious or did something incorrect or um unethical uh, for them to make the move not only getting the message out, but then turning around and giving him the package. Uh, I believe there's, you're going to see a lot more coming out of this story that has, we have not heard about yet.
1: And so we'll have to be staying tuned to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I kind of felt as soon as I saw that story, I was like, Ooh, there's something, there's a lot more going on here than, than, you know, the initial put out, but I, of course, um, you know, I'm sure they've got a great PR team, so they had a plan and- uh, Well, they had,
0: they had to make sure that they stood by the, their statements and their policies and make sure that people knew that they felt it was incorrect. But there was probably something in his contract or um, other negotiations when he left um, that gave him certain rights as well.
1: Yeah, so it'll play out some of it in the courts, of course, as well, <laughs> yeah. which I'll be staying tuned to. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of the Me Too movement, uh, coming right off that um, Black Lives Matter uh, movement, you know, we've seen a lot of businesses put out statements when these, um, these huge movements, all these emotions that uh, the public's having about them one way or the other, uh, and the businesses will just put out these sort of statements regarding the support or comments related to these matters. I'm kind of wondering, you know, that's not my wheelhouse. Is that do anything for a company? Is it a good idea to do that? um i have
0: actually encouraged my clients not to to remain silent if you are if you want to affect or do something about the social environment then volunteer um donate to a lot of the nonprofits that are out there doing a lot of good work uh but but making blanket statements often the audience you're trying to attract sometimes they will say well Why were you quiet before? And why are you making a statement now? And what are you going to do after you make the statement? And then you have others who are looking at you like, well, I don't believe in that uh, Black Lives Matter. I believe in All Lives Matter. Are you saying that you don't support All Lives Matter? Because it's really become a conversation of Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. So I've encouraged clients to just remain silent. If you want to actually impact our society, Heaven's sakes, go out there, do some good, volunteer like I do, like you do. Um, but to actually make statements on a lot of the, the movements, the current movements that are going through, especially it's going through a, a very finite segment. Um, I don't think that would actually benefit you at all.
1: Yeah, I kind of can agree with you on that, because from my personal um, and and business perspective, I'm hearing, you know, employers go through these issues. I'm concerned that these maybe aren't matching, you know, exactly what's going on internally, that they're not as open internally and and, you know, making statements like this without really making any internal changes or at least, you know, figuring out a way to have the conversation with the employees, it may look insincere somehow. Is that kind of where you were thinking?
0: Well, not only that, look, I mean, there's no, I don't think anyone is denying that there are some issues with law enforcement and some of the black youth in our urban cities, however, you have a lot of people who look at the overall theme of Black Lives Matter, and they extre- they they see it as an extremist organization. And then you have a lot of the rioting and a lot of the the um, other things that we're seeing in, in media and on, on, on other news outlets that are at affiliated at times with the movement. And some people don't agree with that either. So instead of getting involved on what portion of Black Lives Matter or what portion of the Me Too movement or what portion of whatever the mu- movement of the day is, um, instead of putting your company and your face behind something that could alienate half of your business, just do what you personally believe in. Support the homeless. Support um, the inner urban youth. I mean, I personally have joined a lot of nonprofits that are trying to do good and trying to make the the lives of our urban youth much better. And that is Jackie Valley as an individual. But that is not something that I'm asking everyone affiliated with Valley Projects to do. And if you do put out a statement now, and that's all you do, I've heard from many African-Americans, they've said, well, what are you going to do after that? And why have you been silent before? And so it is, it does seem insincere, even though a lot of people, they really mean it in a very sincere and they have very good intentions. But it's such a heated topic, and it's so, and people are so passionate about it right now. Instead of jumping on the bandwagon and saying "Me too," I'm behind, you know, the movement. Why don't you just personally do what you can to improve our society?
1: I, I think that's a really good point. I think that that the people, in in my opinion, even in uh, if we go before Black Lives Matter and the Me Too movement and the huge. Um, Explosive with Hollywood and people coming out and saying how their salaries were different. I mean, you want to make a change there. Maybe you you actually look and see, are people being paid paid the same? You know what I mean? Can you make a a change there rather than the blanket statement? Um,
0: Exactly. One of my biggest beefs has been like a lot of these athletes are now, you know, wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts and they have Black Lives Matters on their courts. And I'm like, okay, I get it. But how, what do you do when you're to actually improve the lives of Black people? Uh, so wearing a shirt or painting it on your your stadium or your where you're playing your sport, um, yeah, yeah, that's symbolic, and you're trying to say you're you're behind the movement. But are you really? And and in the interim, you're you're actually. Half of the people that are watching you play your sport because that's really all they want to see are not interested in what you feel b- about Black Lives Matter. So it's like I don't understand why all of a sudden they're jumping on this bandwagon because a lot of them that's all they're doing is wearing a t shirt.
1: Yeah, and some of the greatest people that have influenced you know uh, throughout you know U.S. history have done it more silently, actually, behind the scenes. MLK, um, Martin
0: Luther King, one of my heroes, he's never burned anything. He's never acted violently towards anyone. He's never uh, committed anything that was egregious. Uh, He spoke with love. He spoke about unity. And that's not what you're seeing with this movement, which is really very troubling to me.
1: Yeah. All good points. All good points. So, uh, so, (laughs) <laughs> this is an, let's just jump from one hot topic to another. Uh, the cancel culture. So when I first heard about this, I got to tell you, I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I actually I'm embarrassed to say my husband had to explain to me. I feel like I'm more pop culture than he is, but he's explaining to me. Oh, these people they get canceled, and he's explaining. the I was like shocked. Like this seems so mean and bullying. I mean, yes. Uh, for the people that are listening and don't know what it is, Jackie, can you kind of sum it up here?
0: Well, I had to, go, um, ever since my son's left, uh, every time I hear of something like this, I have to go to Urban Dictionary to look it up. So I looked it up and apparently if you say something that's offensive or you say something that you don't like, the, you as in the audience, the general audience, you're canceled. Um, so you are um, disregarded if you're a a figure, a prominent figure on television, they'll stop watching your shows. If you're a company, for instance, like Starbucks, they'll, they'll boycott your, your products and stop going to Starbucks. So if you represent anything that they feel offensive or they disagree with, they is in the general universe, then you're canceled. That's my understanding of cancel culture. And of course I have a problem with it because We all are different people. We're living in America. I'm an immigrant, right? And my parents sacrificed a lot to come to America. And one of the beauties of our country is having differences and different points of view. That includes different points of view. And now we're getting into with a lot of people, if you disagree with them, they're saying either you're being canceled or you're insensitive or you're, you're not, um, you know, whatever new name that they're coming up with. And so you're really trying to encourage everyone to think alike, to speak alike, even in some instances to vote alike. And that to me is the most troubling. Um, you know, even though I am a conservative, I encourage my students, if you're a Democrat, please vote. I just encourage them to get involved. But now we're getting into a culture where if you look differently differently than me or if you speak differently than me, then I'm going to cancel you. And so if you only hang around people who look like you and speak like you and think like you, you're really going to end up in bigger problems than we have now.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a big proponent of voting too if you especially if you have something to say go say it go say it go vote go call call people go complain to them go tell them what what you think there's a plenty of representatives out there that are willing and and that's what they're they're paid to do to listen to you know all all the issues out there um i you know i i think that's really good point i i think the cancel thing is so disappointing to me because it's just it's not um Positive, and I enjoy more of a positive attitude and towards embracing the differences, uh, just as kind of you put so. Um, I think it's
0: really in line with a lot of the negativity that we're seeing. I mean, you know, what even the protests we were talking about earlier, George Floyd and his family, they're very upset that a lot of these protests have turned into riots. So, what started as supposed to be a peaceful protest. Um, and supporting Black lives, how does that turn into burning buildings, attacking law enforcement officers, people who wake up every day to protect us, and, and business owners? And so a lot of this, what they say is supposed to be positive, it's really turning into a negative, and it's really showing us in a very bad light the direction that some of us are going in.
1: Yeah, and you know, there's nowhere going to be where, you know, uh, we can't move forward, I guess, in a, in a world of, you know, certainly violence and hate. And I think yes. um, if we could try to find our way through what what I would agree is pretty much the most complicated time I've certainly ever been practicing as an attorney and practically been alive, it's, you know, this COVID-19 pandemic. I've watched, you know, great businesses uh, fail or are suffering greatly, uh, you know, things you, you just couldn't even predict. And, um, you know to certainly, you know, watch things happen to an actual damage to businesses has been concerning for me, because I know some Very. of them are just trying to survive, you know. Exactly. Yes. So if, the, if say, a business is kind of presented with, um, they accidentally say they're like you and me, they aren't familiar with this cancel culture, they fall into it, and um, they start to um, get this sort of negative energy focused at their business. Is there anything they can do, or anything you can think of they could do? Sure. I mean,
0: if you, for instance, if you have uh, a group of either your stakeholders or your staff members who believe in this or you see some kind of negative energy that is brewing. um, It's first of all, important as the leader to get the information, all the information, make sure that they understand you are open, but also make sure that you try to turn it into a positive. Again, uh, the examples that I was using of the athletes. Um, you can even take your team of co-workers, especially during times of COVID. Um, an example that I saw was all these restaurants that were forced to close their doors. And what did some of them do? They decided to open their doors doors for law enforcement officers, uh, nurses, those on the front line who were working, and to make sure that they still were fed and taken care of. And so you can turn a lot of these negatives into positives by going out into your community and being better. But you have to make sure that you uh, you have a full grasp of all of the information. And I I like to tell my people, get the the full scoop, all of the intel, not bits and pieces, not the the sound bites that you hear on television, um, but make sure you get a full scope, full range of exactly what the, what's going
1: on yeah I get I get what you're saying especially if it's something they don't have they have partial information they're acting on that they're trying to make things better i I do I do know some of the restaurants certainly in, in the Houston area that have you know uh, opened their doors trying to feed you know the the First responders, uh, the law enforcement out there, and that's been such a, a great thing to watch. I've seen, uh, yeah. I, I, I've seen a videographer who owns a videographer business that went is now donating time to put restaurants, you know, out there to because he knows they're suffering greatly and here. To me,
0: those are great examples of a negative situation. This pandemic, um, a lot of businesses having to close their doors not knowing that. And at the last minute, we were told those were the orders we were given in certain counties and turning a negative situation into a positive by still giving back to your community and making your community even stronger.
1: Yeah, this is great, Jackie. I really appreciate you coming on to the Legal Skinny podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Do you mind if I do the rundown with you? Oh, please do. Okay. Beach or mountains? I think I know what you're going to say here.
0: I'm a Caribbean girl beat.
1: <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. Okay. Elvis or the Beatles? Elvis. Me too. Me too. No, I love the Beatles. Yeah. I love the Beatles. How, how the Beatles. could you not like Elvis? I know, right? <laughs> okay. Most influential book you've read?
0: I am now reading, um, well, there was a book that I read on the Roosevelt's and it's literally called the Roosevelt's and it covered each Roosevelt, including Eleanor, and the impact that they've had on the political system. And a lot of us, when we think of the Roosevelts, we think of FDR. But Teddy really started everything, and FDR became just obsessed with his cousin, Teddy. And that's how we got FDR. And then when FDR got into office, a lot of the policies that we are dealing with today were created in his administration That book is pretty phenomenal for anyone who is a political science
1: or policy walk. That that sounds great. And Eleanor is always so interesting at read as well. Yes, definitely. And their interaction with each other was pretty interesting. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I've seen quite a few documentaries on that as well. It's very interesting. She was a very interesting person for sure. All right. uh, Dead or alive, what famous person would you invite to dinner?
0: Condoleezza Rice. She is just my shero
1: um, from a policy. Uh,
0: she is just top-notch, uh, maneuvering through very tough political environments. She did it with class and grace. Her intelligence on, on key policy areas is uh, second to none. Um, yes, definitely Condoleezza Rice.
1: And then Finally, in one minute or less, what's the skinny on messaging and vision for the business owner?
0: Make sure that you understand your environment, not only the environment that you're managing, but the environment that you're messaging to your clients and your stakeholders. Have a true grasp of who they are. Also, be adaptable and flexible, especially during precarious times and times and and atmosphere and things that are changing constantly you have to be able to adapt and change constantly as well and finally make sure you have all of the intel all of the information so you can get a very thorough analysis as you continue to go down the road
1: thanks Jackie oh thank you for having me I know we don't know where this road is going but we're on it one way or another right that's right that's right Okay. And that's the Legal Skinny on narrate your culture. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Legal Skinny podcast. Do not forget to subscribe to get future podcast episodes. Also check out LegalSkinny.com to join our newsletter and get details on all the educational resources we offer the employer. Also, disclaimer. Remember legal skinnies for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember, this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you.